0: Hi, my name is Peter Maestri, and you're listening to Divorce the First Six Months. If you are someone who is about to go through a divorce, or maybe you're healing from one, then you're in the right place. This conversation and the stories you're going to listen to focus on people who have gone through a divorce, and more importantly, how they navigated through it. Having said that, let's get right into it. Hello, everybody. Welcome to Divorce the First Six. My name is Peter Maestri, and I'm going to be your host. Today, we have the pleasure of interviewing Chris Northup, who is not only a friend, but also a colleague. And Chris is divorced and also has two beautiful kids a boy and a girl one nine and one eleven so let's introduce Chris Chris thank you for being a yes to the show and just being awesome all around man I've seen you be a dad and a friend and you just it's exemplary
1: well thank you man i can't I can't say how much it means like you know i I think I've told you before I can't I don't get to keep this peaceful sort of life I've got now and a, a, a non-contentious relationship with my ex. Um, I don't get to keep it unless I share about it. And I, I have the pleasure of being able to share about it here and with you. So I'm grateful to you, man. Thank you for having me because uh, I got I to gotta give it away to keep it.
0: Yeah, that's the truth, man. So tell us about your first six months.
1: Um, for six months, uh, I have. I'm a. I'm a twofer here, so I have two divorces to tell you about. Um, Wait, I'll no. try to potentially share. Divor-
0: okay, hold on a second. I signed up for one. You're telling me I'm getting two for one.
1: You get a bonus divorce with me.
0: Yeah. Um, <laughs> um I
1: was married for nine years, uh, and uh, 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 my first wife, uh, and the relationship was great. She was. Uh, she was the one, and uh, I thought the relationship was great. I later would learn my part in the dissolution of that divorce the dissolution of our relationship uh and then i had a giant part in it uh but for a long time and i would say at least for the first six months i i i wore that victim thing like a badge i wore it like a badge uh i got a call from her one day she said i'd met someone he's a good listener and uh, i was working you can imagine our business i was on the other coast um i tried to come running home as soon as i can. Uh, she wouldn't have counsel with me until I signed a separation agreement. She fell madly in love with someone that she was working with. Uh, and, uh, he was a very powerful chief of police. Uh, he had also recently been in the news and, uh, I was absolutely freaked out. Um, you know, I cursed everything and everybody. Uh, I turned to alcohol, um, which is a problem, sort of a family generational curse, uh, that I, uh, also became part of the equation for me um that sort of revealed itself to be a big a big problem Um, but i uh, tried everything i couldn't uh i couldn't go after him i couldn't punch him you know and i had people with that you know with all kinds of bad advice i didn't know what to do Um, but there i was and so i finally acquiesced and said "I'll, i'll i'll agree to a separation agreement what in the hell has happened um and it became clear with me over time that the relationship had absolutely lost its luster. We faded. I was chasing my career, she was chasing hers um, and the relationship just became non-relevant and uh, she was lonely and she was sad and uh, this incredibly powerful shiny object came along and boom she uh, fell madly in love with him and she married him and they had two beautiful kids uh, and further proof to me that everything is just right, as horrible as the pain was and how dark and the sense of loss was, everything happened just the way it was supposed to happen, it seems. Um, I mean, for example, like the bottom for me, in the first six months, I would get in my car at night and try to find them. Uh, She was uh, an actress and she was in a show and after the show, they would meet up and the two of them and, and disappear and go stay places. And I would get in the car drinking, trying to find them. Uh, because he was the chief, uh, there was usually a police car that followed me. <laughs> it was drama, like, and as we all know, drama is the uh, to me drama is the antichrist now. Uh, uh, I don't, homie, don't play that. Uh, I can't get into the drama, and uh, but at that point, it served the beast in me, um, and uh, uh, drama was a part of the big part of the equation. Uh, one night after uh, you know a, a full on bender. I woke up in my underwear to see him on television receiving the Congressional Medal of Valor uh, and they cut to the hospital. This is a couple of years later. They cut to, uh, they, they, they were like, I'll just never forget this, uh, you know, not only is this a very special day for the chief, but he's also, his wife is at the hospital giving birth. Uh, let's cut to blank, blank hospital and, and check in. And there, there was my ex-wife with a new baby boy. And <laughs> I was just like at the bottom. It was almost like a movie. And my phone rang and it was my brother who is a uh, very close uh, uh, to me and uh, you know, like a giant to me, very paternal. And my brother was like, Hey man, you watching this? You okay? He's also a hillbilly. Like my people. Yeah. Anyway, he's like, Hey man, you watching this? You all right? And I was like, yeah, I'm all right. I see this. But that was the bottom. I was like absolutely destitute. My life was out of control, unmanageable. My career was a mess. Uh, I was drinking to quell this pain and she was having a magnificent, very shiny, awesome life. And I, I, I wore that like a badge, like a, like a victim. And so I carried that. And, uh, for a long time, uh, you know, I would say, well, you know, my ex-wife ran off with the chief, you know, and, um, it, uh, it did not serve me. Um, the only thing that eventually served me was getting in with a group of, uh, like-minded people and discussing this and getting to the bottom of this and learning to, instead of seeking the dramatic content or seeking revenge or retribution, or you must know how wrong you are. I tried to seek peace and I started to try to take tiny steps towards reinventing myself. Uh, And I moved out to California. I had an opportunity out in California to start a new life and I took it. Uh, And I had to leave family behind and I went out by myself. I didn't know anybody, but I had somebody there who believed in me enough to help me start a new career. And I did. And I started a new career and each day I would get up (laughs) and ask to be relieved of this obsession with my ex-wife literally. And I I was taught that by other men. Um, I was uh, there's actually uh, a thing that I used to read. I have it written here. Um, my, I'll read you some of it. Uh, it's, it's something a man gave me and said, Hey, this is going to help you get past this. It sounds silly, but it's an actionable, doable thing that you can do to let go of this person that is running your life, uh, that whose memory or whatever facts you think you believe are destroying you. Uh, and it just says, uh, very simple things like this. You know, I will not worry, fret, or be unhappy over you. I'll not be anxious concerning you. I'll not be afraid for you, criticize you or condemn you. I will be patient with you. I will have confidence in you. I will stand by in faith and bless you in my prayers, knowing that you are finding all the help you need. Uh, I have only good feelings about you in my heart. Literally, it's like an affirmation. Uh, It's very simple. And of course, if any of your listeners want that, I have it. Um, I try to stay out of this. Secular It's not a religious thing. Um, Although I have, in the course of these two divorces, learned a couple of prayers um, because I now I'm quick to understand where uh, I'm not in charge. There are other things in charge, whether you have a higher power, whether you have, you believe in a doorknob or anything, you know, any system of belief you have was a handle for me. I was able to let go of what I thought I was doing. I didn't manage everything anymore. Does that make sense? I no longer was in charge of this. It had a life of its own. There were other people involved who were going to do what they were going to do, no matter how much I protested or, begged for uh attention
0: so and that's the thing is that when you when that gets going when the train leaves the station it's left the station there's something that you said that really um resonates with me and and i and i really want to to touch base when all of this was happening what i what i kept hearing was loss you know you 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 had like turmoil right yeah what was going through your mind like how did you find these voices that helped you like, how are you able to, to, I guess, accept it? You know, like, because that's a contribution, that list that you have, that those things.
1: But, yeah, there's just the beginning. I mean, I like literally, uh, I needed actionable things. Um, I could listen or I could read and I read every book, um, uh, because the pain was pain is the greatest motivator, a, for anybody to make any kind of a change. Yeah. Um, but the problem was that I was very comfortable with the pain and, comfortable in the drama i like i said i wore this role of victim i wore it like a badge you know it just it was on my uniform man it was right there and it was like you don't know because you haven't been there you don't know because you haven't had to go through a b and c um and that defined me uh and luckily you know uh through i of course was really fortunate and uh Uh, things got very bad. Uh, I had a terrible, terrible uh, evening of drinking uh, that ended nearly in tragedy and I survived it. And I had a group of men who gathered me around, including my brother, who said, you are going to die. This is going to kill you. This victimhood defines you. And unless you take some steps forward, and we've been through this and we can help you and you put that down, and move forward with your life a minute at a time, if necessary, a minute at a time, an hour at a time. This is what awaits you, jail, institutions or death. And I came, uh, that's what rounded the corner for me because the divorce was so emotional and so dark that those seemed to be my options. I was gonna mess something up. I was going to hit somebody with a car driving drunk I was going to walk into the chief's office and try to fist fight him. It was going to end badly. Um, and that kind of pain is normal. I talk to a lot of guys who have that kind of pain. Women too, of course. The pain, the sense of loss. It's like, why me? Why me? You look up to the sky and say, what did I do? When what you should do is look up to the sky and go, what do I do next? <laughs> next. Yeah. How do I get out of this? Where's the, where's the door? You know, where's the door to run through. And for me, the door was other people and sharing my story. You don't have to do this alone. That's the other thing. You don't have to do this nightmare alone. You've got to reach out.
0: This conversation started because someone challenged me to be vulnerable. So I'm challenging you. Share yourself and your story. Be courageous. Be vulnerable. It makes a difference.